Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is episode number 363, How to Be Present and Gain Greater Power in Communication. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to have the love you want and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and in love. Today, I am excited to speak with therapist Doris Schachenhofer about the power of being present in dating and relationships. We are so far from being present in our lives today, and so this is a really, really important topic. And as many of you know, my whole focus is teaching women how to truly value themselves, whether it's in life or in love or at work. If you start with your own value and do what matters to you and really, really connect to the core essence of who you are, you will have more success in every single area of life. Every week I bring you a tip on how to become that woman of value, and this week's tip is be playful. Now, that may sound a little like, hmm, what's, what's the playful have to do with being a woman of value? But the truth is that we have lost sight of play. And actually, this is probably very tied into today's topic of being present because we want to really connect with what lights us up and what makes us feel alive. And being playful is, is such an important part of that. It, it leads us to freedom. It leads us to openness, to creativity. So my challenge for you today is to find one way to add play into your life as a daily practice, whether it's going outside more, maybe going to a playground and going on a swing, maybe it's playing with young children and really connecting to the essence of a child, maybe it's laughter with a friend. You figure out what it is for you and go do it. And before I bring Doris on to the show, I just wanted to remind everyone who is not yet a member of my private Facebook group, Your Last First Date, to join us. We are a very highly monitored group where uh, you, you can't just go off on tangents about how much you hate dating or hate men. This is a place to grow and learn and have uh, good tools to lead to your last first date. So head over to Facebook when you when you finish listening to this podcast and join your last first date. And now for our guest, Doris Schachenhofer. After completing her social work studies in Vienna, she worked with children, homeless people, delinquent teenagers, and prisoners transitioning back into the real world. In 2014, she became an access consciousness facilitator. Today, she travels all around the world supporting people to be more of themselves. Be you. I was just saying before the show, it's the hardest thing we do and the most important thing, and it seems so counterintuitive. She delivers classes in live and online settings, including a class called Right Voice for You, Being You, Conscious Parents, and Conscious Kids. Welcome to the show, Doris. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And so everyone knows, and if you hear Doris's accent, she is calling in from Vienna. 
And I love that we get guests from all over the world. And um, so, Doris, I, you you have an interesting background, and now you're focusing on being present. So tell us why this topic is so important to you. You know, um, I'm always, always interested in working with people and um, uh, working with them to be the greatest of themselves and having ease in their lives. And this being present topic is so important for me because a lot of times we have learned to be present uh, by the way of cutting off a lot of things. You know, be present with one thing. A lot of time means I need to cut off all the things around me. What makes it really hard work, and a lot of people get irritated and feel wrong. You know, kids, for example... Um, cannot really study because they put so much energy in cutting off to be with their one thing they need to focus on. And uh, when we grow and go to work, for example, there are so many people that cut off everything around us and it's getting harder and harder and harder. And then people always ask, what is being present? What is being present? And therefore, I love this conversation of showing people there is, that there is something as possible and that they might know something of being present and that they are not wrong if they look at it from a different perspective. Mm. So looking at being present from a new perspective. Yeah. So being present is, is being with everything in the moment with no point of view. And no point of view is where you don't align and agree to something or don't resist and react to it. And it's where you don't need to cut off from anything and where you ask a question, you know. It's where you're allowed to be aware of everything and you can ask what requires my attention right now, what is uh, necessary right now, what is the next step? And um, an example I always give because it's, it's, I find it really easy is a mouse. When it is in front of um, uh, a cat, when it is in front of a mouse hole, would not cut off the awareness around her. You know, She will always be present with everything that if something uh, comes close, that she can react to it, that she has another choice, that she can... Uh, yeah, run away or stay there. If you cut, if you're only focused on the mouse hole, you will not perceive that anything is on, going on around you, and maybe a cat would be bitten. And but this is where we, uh, I think, a lot of people get told that being present is being focused on one thing, and uh, it's so relaxing for your body if you open up of being aware with everything and being in the question of what requires my attention right now. Mm. So that can seem like a really confusing concept. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I know like when people meditate, they often struggle with, you know, their thoughts come in and they're trying to push their thoughts out and so that they're aware of like every sound in the room and and so is meditation a form of presence, or is that something else? Oh, you know, <laughs> that might be a tricky question. Uh, I, for me personally, 
meditation never worked out. It was really hard for me because of pushing away thoughts and feelings and everything I'm aware of. Um, so, and I don't want to step on any other's foot of everyone who, where it works out and where they love it. Being present for me is not pushing away the thoughts and things that come in. It's more like, oh, hi, every thought that comes in, I don't need to make it as mine. I don't need to hold on to it. And I can just have passed it by or even ask, has it something to do with me? Does it belong to me? Or is it just a thought that comes through that has nothing to do with me? Mm. So it's... Is it somehow understandable what what I mean? Like we are so we we make every thought, feeling, and emotion that we have real and true as ours a lot of times, and then we are busy with handling all of these thoughts, feelings, and emotions, and a lot of them are awarenesses and things that we are aware of that are going on around us, and we think that these are ours. You know, um, I. Imagine you're going into a room, you're really happy, your day was really cool, and you're really relaxed. You come into a room and suddenly you're a little bit of upset, you're getting a little bit of angry. So these are the moments where I wonder, is this really yours? Or are you aware of someone else's world that you pick up on? And this is what shows up when you're allowing yourself to be present, and then you can look at, is this really mine or am I aware of another people's world right now? And if I don't make it real and true and, and hold on as if it would be mine, what other choice could I have here? Am I willing to be um, still happy, have my joy, and uh, be aware of other people's worlds at that moment? So what I'm hearing is a lot of compassion both for yourself and for other people. Mhm. Yeah. Like a lack of judgment. That's the, those are the words that keep coming through my head as you're talking. Because when I think of presence, I think of be here now. Be here with what is. Don't be in the future. Don't be in the past. Be here. So are yes. we speaking about all those things? <laughs> Just I mean, this is a little yes, bit of a me- different in, different interpretation of presence to me. Oh. Okay. So. For me, yes. I would say presence is where there is no separation, no judgment, no conclusion, and total receiving, where you receive everything with no point of view, what means no alignment, no agreement, no resistance, and no reaction, and where you can be with everything and just have it, uh, you know, pass through, be with it, enjoy it, or uh, have a new choice of changing the situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the questions, you know, to really sit with the questions because I think a lot of times we believe these thoughts are the truth and we carry yeah. with us so many false beliefs, right? So for people who are beginners in this process, I mean, mm-hmm. this may sound like a bunch of, well, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so for those of us who are really just coming into this for the first time or, you know, are having a hard time just being present, um, what else can you share to help people really step into presence? 
I have an exercise. It's a body exercise um, where you where you get present with three points of your body. It doesn't matter what three points. Just try it out. Get, for example, your shoulders, your butt, and your feet, and be with these three points. And you will see when you will practice this over and over again, no matter what the situation is, you know, at home or when you're alone or when you're in a group of people or at work, something will happen where you're like, oh, something is, is different now because it brings you to your, to, back to you, to your situation, to the moment. And it's easy, beautiful, and with some practice, this is something that you will become. You will become this presence, and it will be easier and easier for you to, for example, not go away from a situation. What happens often is that we are in a situation that's uncomfortable or we don't feel good there, and then we, we start to, to, you know, go away with our thoughts or um, not listening anymore. And this brings you to the situation that you can really ask a question, okay, what do I want to choose here now? What else is possible if I would stay present here? You can also ask these questions. If I choose to stay present here, what else is possible? And a question will always open up to something new. It will always bring you in the moment. And um, I love questions for everything of Mm -hmm. being in a question with myself and with every moment. And I love to, um, to experience, you know, to be curious. It's the curiosity of life to ask what else is possible here that I have not considered? What else is possible here that I think is impossible? What is present here? What is present? You can also ask like, what is present? Um, and it will show up for you in your unique way. Mm. I like this. So throughout the day, you're saying um, pick three points and then be aware of them throughout mm-hmm. the day to help pull you back to presence? Yes. And it can also be different ones, you know. But you can also say, okay, today I choose these three points and be with them throughout the day. That's a great idea. Oh. <laughs> and I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there are people who are really resistant to uncomfortable conversations. And we're going to get into this segue into communication because I think that, you know, when you were talking about if I choose to stay present in this uncomfortable place, what else is possible? What I've seen so often is that when it's uncomfortable, they will shut down. They'll say, I have a headache. I can't talk anymore. I feel like my head's going to explode. I'm leaving. Or they'll just walk out of the room. You know, just just absolutely end the conversation. So with people like that, is there a way to pull them back into presence by maybe asking questions? You know, maybe is there a tool? Do you have a way to to reach out to those people who are resistant? Yeah. I wonder, um, even if it's a new conversation for a lot of you, I really want to invite you to look at... um, you know, resistance is coming up often also that we are aware of something and um, and we, let us start here. A lot of times, I want to give you a tool before I go on with uh, what you have asked me. Uh, a tool that I use a lot is light and heavy. 
you know. Everything that is light for you opens up for you. It will open up a space you feel light. And it, 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 it has a sense of lightness to it. And everything that is uh, not true for you in a moment uh, has a heaviness to it. So also, when you are in a resistance, you can look at, so what am, am I resisting here? And is this really mine? And look at if it, if it lightens up or if it stays heavy. When um, we often also, I wonder if the, the resistance is really ours again, where we make really into, oh, I'm the one that is resisting. I'm the one um, the conversation or the situation is uncomfortable. And a lot of times also we are aware of other people that have a resistance, that don't want to talk about stuff. And it's not always that, that it's, 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 we say, oh, it's the fault of other people. But we go so much into uncomfortableness that doesn't belong to us, and then we hold on to it. So look at whatever is showing up. Is it creating lightness in your world or heaviness? If it's even if, um, if it's uncomfortable, Uncom- it, uh, if it's uncomfortable, it, it should have a lightness to it if it's yours. If it's not yours, it's, a, uh, it's heavy. And um, what, what, if you're in a, um, in a situation of resistance or you're not comfortable with the conversation that is going on, what if you also start... What if, it, if there is nothing wrong with shutting up and listening and starting to ask questions, the other person, where you're like opening up to the curiosity of whatever you're interested in, whatever it brings up. Because we, if, we, if we get more silent, it's more a lot of people would project on us, oh, you are uncomfortable. You, uh, you know, you have resistance there. You don't know how to deal with the situation instead of what if you use your um, going a little bit back of taking the silence, listening to what's going on, and asking the question of what else is possible here and starting to ask ask questions to the other person. So asking what else is possible here? I mean, I think a lot of people would just say, go away. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I know a lot of resistant people. So, you know, if you're getting that kind of but resistance, then, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. But what happens when we are in resistance is we, um, we hide ourselves uh, behind our barriers. We think that we you know, where we go and hide and we are like, oh, this is not comfortable for me. And we think this is the safe place for us. The safe place for you would be to lower your barriers, to ask for your your vulnerability and to ask what else is possible here. And if if I don't choose resistance, what would be the possibility here? Hmm. You know, with resistance, we pull up our barriers, we hide ourselves, and we want to, like, disappear. And instead of disappearing, what if you ask for your barriers to lower down 
these are all the points of view that we have, everything that we have learned, every, um, every mechanism we have learned with these situations. What if we ask, okay, if I don't go the way I've always used, what new possibility could I choose here? And what if I took two more steps into the uncomfortable and see what else would show up here? Mm-hmm. And I know it seems like so easy when I say it, and it's like it's also like to choose it. It's also to see, okay, uh, what would be, what would happen, what would show up if I step into these tools, if I use these tips, and see um, what would be different here. Yeah. So I think you know what I also have heard you say is we have to separate what's ours and what's somebody else's stuff. And I think this is such a crucial mm-hmm. thing in relationship that we often take on other people's issues as our own. And I see, especially in romantic relationships, people take on like a project. They want to fix the other person and impose change mm-hmm. when the other person hasn't asked for it. So um, in yeah. a case like that where you see you know, there are behaviors. Um, well, first of all, it sounds like it's super important to separate yourself and know what is your side of the street and what's somebody else's. But what else can people do if there are issues that arise in a relationship and you want to be able to communicate more effectively to those people? If If there is something that goes on over and over again mm-hmm. I would start I would really start asking questions again I would really ask myself okay if I um, would choose something different today here what else would be possible and um, another tool that I have learned that seems a little bit weird and a little bit crazy uh, is to destroy and ungrade uh, the relationship how it was so far. You can just uh, and, and start every morning if I would not know this person because we uh, build up relationships from reference points, from um, a lot of things that we think that we know from each other and then we build up and then we build up and then we have our points of view about each other and this is where our communication is based on. And often then we are stuck because we are like, oh, there's nothing else possible. Or we start over the next day where we have ended yesterday. But if you would, uh, and, and it starts with yourself. If you would um, tell yourself every day, okay, if I don't start the relationship that I have with myself from uh, where I have ended it yesterday and would really wake up and say, who am I today? <laughs> you know, who am I today? What else is possible today? What are the adventures that I can have today? And also with your partner, who is this person today? And who can I meet today? And what adventures can we have today? Uh, recently, I said to a friend of mine, we people are so complicated. You know, we have a discussion, for example, and then we uh, take it over days and we need to think about it and we need to talk with friends about it. And um, 
uh, we need to stay mad for a longer time instead of what if the moment is over and I can really ask, okay, if I don't hold on to it, what else would be possible? What else would be fun here? And if I start it over every day new, what would be the possibilities here? You know what? A cool, a cool movie that shows this is Fifty First Dates with um, Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Some of you may know it, uh, some of you not. It's just a Hollywood movie, but it shows uh, as she cannot remember uh, the day before. So every day new, she needs to meet him and make a new choice of, do I want to be with you today? Is this what would be fun for me? And this is the perspective that I uh, live from and invite people to, is what if you don't base your relationships on yesterday and start it over again today and ask for what adventures can we have? Hmm. Interesting. That that movie, um, it was it was a definitely <laughs> interesting movie. And and we do bring so much history to every relationship, and it's really hard not to. And I think this is a good mindfulness exercise to really drop judgment, drop our fixed mindset, which is what we often have. This is the way it is. And I see this in my Facebook group, Your Last First Date, where a woman will draw a conclusion based on something she reads and say something that's extremely judgy and and it's all based on her past experience. It's not based on what the mm-hmm. person even intended. And so the purpose of our group monitors is to keep redirecting people to stop stop the judgment, really try and be open and adapt a new mindset. So I, I really love this. I think this it's so important. Um, let's talk a little bit more about communication. So you have some some tools to... Um, have gained to gain greater power. So, so talk, let's talk about the power of great communication. What is that to you? Uh, for me, the power of great communication is listening. You know, mm-hmm. um, where it's not about being uh, interesting and more about being interested. Mm-hmm. Where I listen to people, where I ask them questions. I remember. I have been married, now I'm divorced. <laughs> and I remember back then when my husband would come home, I would retell my whole day. And this was, I think, I thought this is what, what is necessary, what is needed, you know, that he knows what I did. And, and so there we have our um, um, communion also, you know, where we uh, find each other when he knows what I did and, and, so the whole evening was full of like, and we did this, and we did this. And um, it was really, I, I thought to myself when I looked at that and changed it, I was like, oh, it's really exhausting. What if we could also spend the evening together for really in the moment, present in the moment, and also being interested? Hi, how was your day? What are you interested now? Uh, what would you like to do this evening? You know, and where it's really about, uh, being interested, what's going on for you, what are you interested um, and it also opens up that you, you are, it's not that um, we, we would say, I would say self-interest we have so learned in communication to have self-interest to, to, to 
show people that we are interested, that we are with them, that we share with them what's going on in our life. And what if we could turn this and make it about the other person and ask the other person questions. And um, what I love as well is there is a, a, with great communication, there's a great gift also in silence and being comfortable with silence. And from silence, there is also coming new questions, new ideas, you know, new possibilities to meet each other, to be with each other, to have also, you know, sex, um, that sex is um, happening from silence. There is a lot of communication the whole time going on. Uh, We so much talk energetically, we so much talk um, the whole time that we have learned to put words on it that um, takes away the space, takes away possibilities, and just um, fills the moment with words. Mm. So, um, yeah, getting comfortable with silence, being interested in se- interesting instead of, let me see because I need to translate it, being interested instead of interesting um, and enjoy the moment with the other person. You know how often even with meeting a friend for a coffee, if there is silence, we think something is wrong. Instead of enjoying the silence, enjoying being with each other and from the silence, having an opening to a great conversation, to something that that can come out of the moment. So true. I, you know, so here's, I'm just going to push back on one little thing because I, I totally mm-hmm. hear you on all of, all of these things. And I believe that we fill the space too much. And I know people who don't stop talking ever. And it's, yeah. it's hard to be in the space with them. It's a lot of nervous energy. It's just, it's just talk, 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 talk. And some people process their emotions out loud and their thoughts, which is something it's important to practice to process our emotions before we speak. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what I wanted to push back on in terms of dating, because this is something I just brought up to my community, that a lot of times women who are trained to listen and not really share a lot of themselves, they can fall into the trap of just being a listener and just being interested, and then nobody really knows who they are. So I just wanted to run that by you like, you know, how can we balance being interested and also being memorable, being interesting? I, I believe you have to have a balance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, there is a vow in my world because uh, you work so much with uh, so many women. Maybe it's different in Austria. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We would really uh, tell women, please start listening to what a man wants to tell you um, and ask questions. And, of course, you know, when you're on a date and it's always about listening and asking questions, it's about the other person. They also want to get to know you. So where can you have, yeah, you know, see where you can give information and can let in the person in your life um, what may, might may, make him more interested in you as well. 
what I love is to to uh, but this is my point of view to have a man go home and think, who is this amazing person, woman? <laughs> you know, where he's mm. curious of like uh, wanting to know uh, more about you, um, and letting them in. You know, and. Yeah. What if we start, I, I'm just looking at this, what if it's also starting off not on that, that it's not about necessarily but about how much I talk or give information about me, but also lower my barriers. I have mentioned this before, so that even if I would not talk a lot about me, I have the vulnerability of being in the presence and... Um, and letting this person into my world with words or without words, you know, where there's no separation, where there's not a thing of like, oh, I check you out and <laughs> I don't give you a lot of information of me. And then we will see what if, if it's the vulnerability of the moment. And um, this, would, this would work for me, I would say, to say, hey, you know, I, yeah. I'm open to have the conversation with you. I'm interested in you and um, I'm opening up, lowering my barriers, not hiding and letting you in and give and allow yourself to, how often are we also defined or, or are people talking about girls that they are the chatty ones? You know, what if there's nothing wrong about it? What if, you know, you don't need to stop yourself, hold yourself back. And this is something that is the beauty that men also love. You know, a woman that is opening up, a woman that doesn't make herself wrong, a woman that just loves to, to be in the moment, whatever, however this shows up. If you chat a lot or what if there is no right and wrong way of how much listening, how much talking, what if you could ask the question, if I'm present in this moment with this man, how would this look like? And then go into the state. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. I think that um, people are afraid of losing themselves if they don't speak up. And I think we have to balance it. But it's vulnerability, and you keep repeating that. It is such an important piece of this whole thing. Because what we will often do in dating is, we bring tons of judgment, we bring our armor, we don't mm. want to get hurt, and so the other person feels blocked. And so just being open, saying how you feel, saying that you're putting your, taking your barrier down, that's huge. And I think mm -hmm. that if we can yeah. just focus on that and being present and, and you know, really appreciating and enjoying the moment so much as possible. And I wonder, you know, uh, how much have, do we think what's going on for men or, you know, that they have figured it out or that they uh, know how to do this and how to be with it. Okay. I've also experienced that, women, uh, that men are really nervous. They are really, like, wanting to show uh, up really great for you. And, you know, they have also their things going on. And uh, being vulnerable on, on one and both sides and, and, and also showing the men, hey, you are also not wrong. You also don't need to prove anything on your side. What if we could be also the invitation of uh, the gentleman? I love uh, what I'm interested in is also 
uh, to a lot of men don't know how to be with us. You know, they have also learned their ways or being the hero or being the strong one or and some are so confused. And then they also come with their points of view and their armors. And then we sit uh, in front of each other armed. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and then it gets weird. And uh, I love to um, to have these open conversations of like, you know what? What if both of us, if we are both not wrong, and it's let's let's have a curious fun time and see what's happening, and mm. we can both lower our barriers. And you know, if one person starts to lower the barrier, the other person, um, if there's one person in the room that lowers the barriers, the others cannot. Um, it's really hard work for another person, you know. Either people uh, also lower the barriers or they leave the room. Yeah. Because it's really hard to be with a person that is with no judgment, no separation, lowers the barriers. So, um, and this is such a gift to be around a person that is open, you know? And yeah. Thank you for yeah. having this conversation. I am so grateful. To, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a great conversation and, and for all of us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I think that, you know, people are so afraid of that vulnerability, especially in the beginning of getting to know someone. And there's no way to really get to know someone unless we are willing to take the barriers down. I just want to add one more thing because this is um, this is a topic I did my TED Talk on, and it was about the barriers that I had put in front of my heart when I was, you know, in my 20s and, and going through all the breakups that I had, I got I got tougher instead of stronger and, and learned the right lessons from the breakups. And so that's been a lot of the work that I've done on myself after my divorce. And <clears throat> the way to take down the barriers is not just to, you know, jump off the high dive without any swimming lessons. It's It really, for me, had so much to do with, the strengths that I developed internally, knowing my values, knowing my value, knowing what I needed, um, just knowing who I was and being confident in myself, it's much easier to soften when you're strong on the inside. You can take out the toughness mm-hmm. on the outside. So I, I just I want women to know or men to know, anybody to know that you don't have to just, you know, dive off the deep end dive into the deep end without any preparation. It, it really is important to know who you are so you don't feel like you're losing yourself. But the vulnerability yeah. is so crucial if you want to have intimacy. Totally, yeah. And you know how I started to lower my barriers? I, yeah. Because it's an energetic thing also, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's something also that you can choose in the moment. And then a little bit, uh, people get a little bit afraid of like, oh, what, but what is happening then? Then, um, you know, people can hurt me. So when, uh, when I heard the tool of lower your barriers uh, and ask for your barriers to lower, then I would ask, okay, if I would lower your barriers, how would this be right now? And then I would ask, okay, if I lower them for 10 centimeters, how is it? And if I lower them for half a meter, how is it? And if if I bring them up right now, how is it? So then I 
there was a different sense of how this is for me. And then I played around with all of this for the first weeks and months uh, until I got for myself the most relaxing for my body and the most fun for me is to have my barriers down, to meet people, you know, to have conversations, to, mm-hmm. yeah, to, yeah, to receive everything around me. And, and it got easier and easier for me. But first time I was like, how does this work? How, how, how do I do this? You know, and then this yeah. was my play. And you started off this, this radio show with being playful. So with the tools that I'm using with my clients and, and the classes that I do is, I invite people to, to get playful and, and you, I can tell you how I started it or how I do it, but then see what works for you. How can you bring this into your life, into your daily life, and how would it be fun for you, you know? Because it's not like, okay, I have a new tool and now, you know, everything is different. It's yeah. um, being, being also treat yourself kindly and give it time. If you have learned something and, and, you know, did something over years, there is also the, this um, element of practicing and give yourself the time that you can include something new into your life and a new possibility. I love it. And I like the increments in making it playful and fun. Doris, this has been mm-hmm. a fantastic conversation. I really, really appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you so much. How, how can people find you? Thank you. Uh, now I have my new homepage, so you can find me on www.dorisschackenhofer.com. See my name? com. <laughs> And with my name on Instagram, on Facebook, I'm normally really easily to find. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this beautiful work in the world. Thank and you. Uh, keep thank inspiring you so and teaching. Uh, and thanks, you everybody, for listening, for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. And I hope you go on your last date very soon. And don't forget to join your last first date on Facebook. Have a great day. 